Welcome back, I'm Zinati Kuma and you're watching Stockwatch this weekend. Joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is independent analyst Jimmy Muyaha. Send your questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, Jimmy. Jimmy, what can you say about the high that we are seeing in the stock markets across the board this week? Good day, Zanati. Good day to the viewers. Um, the markets uh, are definitely receiving the latest US CPI print quite positively. I think that goes without saying that a lot of tension was um, in the market building up to that print, and it speaks to where market participants are viewing uh, risk at this point in time, what their view is on um, what they think the Fed might say around the interest rate conversation, um, the peak in interest rate decision making, as well as uh, what that means for inflation overall. So I think the the return to um, excitement or the return to volatility from a market perspective is very much uh, a direct result of the hope that the inflation picture is under control or that it they, there is a better handle on that situation than what we saw in the past. Yeah. Did we talk about return to risk? And we've actually seen that filtering through to the local unit, the RAND. Uh, it did go below 18 RAND against the US dollar, although now it's hovering just above that. Um, but also, it, it's at the same time that we have load shedding now turned up to stage six. And I'm wondering if uh, the RAND is kind of displaying some resilience towards load shedding. Yeah, I think at, at this stage, um, we, we saw that in, in the last couple of weeks where we had lower levels of load shedding, we did see a bit more strength in the RAND, we did see a bit more confidence in the South African picture. Um, and yes, the RAND was able to sort of build up a bit of resilience over the the, the time frame that we've experienced load shedding at, uh, we've been at stage six before. The market has seen that the country is still operational at a stage six kind of event. Now, if we were to go to stage eight, stage 10, where we have sustained levels of um, load shedding beyond what you and I were discussing off air around eight hours a day at a yeah. time, if not 10 hours a day in some cases, if we now go beyond that, um, it's definitely going to have an effect on sentiment. There's no way we can sit back and say, oh, we can afford to increase load shedding stages because the RAND is resilient and it will weather the storm. It absolutely will not. Um, it's it, it's the, the fact that the market has been pricing in a lot of other factors up to this point and load shedding was a factor amongst them. So we, we know that even at 18 RAND, the RAND is still very undervalued and that is, again, a direct result of factors like load shedding that have not been resolved in the country, the RAND could be trading well better than 18 RAND. We shouldn't be happy that we're at 18 RAND. It's not something to uh, be smiling about from our country's perspective, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, talking about weathering the storm, uh, Jimmy, just to take you back to uh, probably the only uh, company news uh, out uh, this week, uh, Telcom. Uh, we did have the consortium that's led by Sipo Maseko hitting back uh, at Telcom after they outrightly uh, rejected rejected the uh, takeover bid. Um, can a telecom weather the storm without a helping hand? It's going to be very difficult for telecom too. I mean, now we're hearing talks that telecom wants to sell the SwiftNet business. Yeah. Um, and so that, that that's a whole different picture. I mean, there was a... When we initially saw this, uh, and I think you and I spoke about it when the MTN deal was still on the table. Yeah. We saw the share price go up to 55 Rand. We said, is this a good deal? Does it make sense? And we discussed it back then to say the Towers business, the SwiftNet business, is a business that is worth unbundling. 
at that price or at, at any price because it's a good business, right? And now for them to see that the, the MTN deal fell through, um, the deal with Sipo Maseko and the consortium has fallen through, we're now looking to say, oh, okay, maybe now we should unbundle to see if we can unlock value within Telcom. Fine. Let's say the unbundling happens and goes through and um, you're able to sell SwiftNet, right? So Telcom at the moment is sitting at 28 Rand odd um, a share, which is basically where we saw it come back to after the MTN deal collapsed and well off that 60 Rand, 55 Rand that we saw when the deal was on the table. So now if you unbundle one of the best assets within the telco portfolio, what does that mean for what's left with telco? What does that mean for the business itself going forward? Yes, they'll realize probably quite a handsome chunk from uh, the deal if the, if they do go ahead and sell uh, SwiftNet and they, and they do um, go that route. But then what what next for Telcom? That becomes um, a bigger question. Who, is the business going to be turned around? Is there a plan to do something more with the business? I mean, there was certainly a plan with the consortium. There yeah. was certainly a plan with MTN. Does Telcom have a plan on its own? I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, talking about plans, uh, there's a question here on Metrofile. Quite an interesting uh, comment, rather. Um, Talking about Metrofile, um, it's PE at 10, uh, Amazon at 159. And then it goes on to say it's a no-brainer for Amazon to buy Metrofile using shares and a bit of US dollars. Is that something that's been um, in the wind or not? I, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to say. I mean, if we look at Metrofile, um, we are fairly close to the 52-week lows. Um, we're quite a way off from um, what we've seen in, in terms of recent highs. The share price uh, hasn't necessarily been doing uh, the best uh, over the last year, if you look at it over a five-year period as well. So I think there, there's always a business case where there are strategic synergies, strategic advantages. Now, the question, the more important question is not whether I think there are strategic synergies, it's whether or not Amazon believes they could benefit from an acquisition like this, whether yeah. or not Amazon believes that this would add to their offering. Whether particularly, We know they're coming into South Africa. We know yeah. that they've um, finally gotten through a lot of the red tape around setting up their offices and warehousing and, and they set up in Cape Town and, and all of those um, things are now almost behind them. But whether or not they see value in what Metrofile brings to the table for their overall South African and African offering, only Amazon can really answer. I think if we look at what, I mean, Metrofile has been around for a long time. The company's been around with us, I think, since 1980s or so, 1983, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, and so it's... There's no doubt that there's history in the table in the company, and there's obviously some good advantages to having a company that's been in the industry and in South Africa for so long. Yeah. There's definitely a wealth of knowledge you can leverage off of from there. Um, but Amazon themselves are a brand in their own right. They've built a reputation in the countries that they operate in. They've, they've understood how to attack markets where they need to. And if they feel that Metrofile is going to be a good strategic acquisition, it's a no-brainer for them. It's a very easy thing to push over the line. Yeah. I don't think it's a situation where they're going to struggle to find um, the financing and the business case for it. If they can justify the business case for it, I'm sure they'll go ahead. 
Yeah, uh, some more comments on that. It's not even petty cash or tea money for Amazon if they issue a few shares. <laughs> Gets them a fully local black-owned business, so access to government contracts. Uh, keep Anchor Shareholder Mine Workers Union on board as empowerment partner. Remember, Amazon are about to open cloud business big time in SA. Buy all Metrofile customers and footprint at the stroke of a pen. Uh, do you think just, uh, you know, looking at Metrofile... Um, the share price hasn't actually done a, a, a very good job lately. Um, do you think that there is more upside considering its evolution into digital services and maybe that's not, the full impact of it is not priced into the share yet? Very possibly. I mean, the, the analysis that you just read out from um, from Twitter is, is, is an, analysis, an analysis I can agree with is in yeah. that um, you're seeing that it, there's sound logic to it and for a company like Amazon, if they are looking to tap into these bigger ICT type of uh, contracts or um, things in that cloud space, and you're now competing in a market where you've got the likes of Metrofile, you've got the likes of Gijima that are competing for these sorts of uh, businesses with the government already, um, it might be cheaper for you rather than to try and go and compete, to just acquire someone that already meets the credential requirements and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, strategically, it could just make a lot more sense. In terms of the share price, I mean, we're down about almost 15% uh, year to date on that share price. Uh, we're down about seven or eight percent over a five year period. Um, at this price, it does look fairly attractive for someone that particularly is coming into the market to say, huh, we're buying in dollars. The dollar's looking fairly okay as we spoke about it against the yeah. RAND. This does seem like a fairly simple and easy acquisition to go through. Again, for Amazon, it's when we look at the benefits, and those benefits outlined um, around the government contracts, around the empowerment partner, around what it is that would that, that Metrofile would then mm -hmm. do um, for Amazon's business locally, they are all meritorious points. They all make a lot of sense. And Amazon could see it exactly the same way and be like, you know what? This is not such a bad idea. Ah, all right. So maybe one to closely watch over there. Let's go into retail. Uh, I want to know your thoughts about Woolworths because it's undervalued, low PE ratio. They have a wide moat and its management can allocate capital. Why is it ignored so often? Because it appears to be the greatest retail company in South Africa. Quite a big call to make saying that it's, uh, it appears to be the greatest <laughs> retail company in South Africa. Uh, your that, thoughts that on is, that? That is a big call. <laughs> hey, that, is, that is a big call to make, particularly if you're comparing it the likes of ShopRite yes. that are absolutely dominating this space. Yeah. Um, look, I don't have anything against Woolworths. In fact, I happen to think Woolworths is a very good stock. Um, and the fact that we bounced off of that 60 Rand level um, in May, we, 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 we did, what, 20% in the month of May alone, bouncing yeah. off that 60 Rand level. We saw that the share price got up close to 80. It was under pressure, came all the way down to 60. Nice bounce. We're sitting at about 73 Rand a share now. Um, whether or not we've got uncapped upside is another story because, I mean, if we look at all-time highs, they're probably around 2015 highs, just over 100 Rand a share. Um, and you still have to get past this 80 Rand barrier. So, yes. Nothing wrong with Woolworths as a share. Um, I think a lot of the pressure that Woolworths had to undergo or had to uh, contend with was from the David Jones business. They had to make sure that they got out of that business um, quite cleanly, sort all of that stuff out and, and that sort of thing. And that probably had um, an impact on how the share was viewed from um, a strategic point of view. Because when that acquisition was taken on, um, 
those that would have fought Woolies would have turned the business around. That would have given the business or investors a lot more confidence around uh, what they're doing or manage confidence in management's ability to, to turn a business like David Jones around. Now, that doesn't mm. happen. It's not to say that it's damaged the confidence that investors have in management, but certainly you're dealing in an environment where everybody is applying a lot more caution to their investments. And if you're looking at a stock like Woolies that's just run 20% in the last month, you want to see if it's going to break above that 80 Rand before you commit. You don't want to go in at 73 Rand, get to 80 Rand, and the share comes back below 60 Rand. Um, it's it's all about timing and strategic allocation of resources for investors at this stage. Yeah. I do think that Woolies, there is a lot of value to um, the company. Um, but I think at this stage, investors are wanting to see a lot more than just, hang on, you're trading at an attractive PE ratio. What, what more is the business offering? What more are you doing? I mean, if you look at the likes of ShopRite and their footprint within Africa and, and that sort of thing, it's a lot larger than um, what Woolies might be doing from a footprint perspective. Yeah. Um, and yes, Woolies is focusing on a lot on different things from a business perspective. And um, yes, they do want to obviously gain market share and, and increase their footprints and that sort of thing. And we'll probably see the share price continue to do well. But again, the test is now that, that 80 Rand level that it hasn't been able to, to break above um, yeah. since it came back below that level action. Ah, all right. Uh, lastly, before we get to your stock pick, Jimmy, there is a question on uh, Kibo Energy. Do you have a view on Kibo Energy? It's a small cap company that is extremely uh, undervalued considering its SENS announcement yesterday. I also didn't uh, really look at that, but as I'm seeing on SENS now, uh, there was an announcement on a joint venture agreement. Is this one that you look at, Jimmy? And if not, um, are there any interesting ones uh, in the energy sector that you'd be looking at? Um, I actually didn't catch the Kibo uh, sense. I'm trying to see if I can pull it up while we are on the conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the energy space is very much uh, something that we have to be um, looking at given where the global energy conversation has moved to. We've moved, we know we've got our just energy transition plan that uh, is supposedly in effect from the government's perspective. We know that everybody is sort of pushing towards alternative energy sources. Um, and, and we've seen um, that the energy picture over the last at least 2018 to 24 months has come into focus quite a bit um, with the the Nordstrom pipeline um, being closed off into Europe and all those developments that have happened over, over time. We've seen that energy is definitely somewhere where people are now saying, hang on, maybe we should be looking at energy stocks. Yeah. But we also know that they're looking at cleaner energy stocks. And um, in terms of, I mean, the energy stocks that I had been keeping an eye on or that I'd been um, a big fan of, it's no secret, I've, I've said this before, it is um, the likes of Renogen that are doing well in the space that yeah. uh, I'm looking at from a longer term point of view, slightly um, higher share price than the likes of uh, your Kibo Energies. But obviously, if, if we're looking in the energy space, you're looking at um, those sorts of players. Yeah. Um, and I've been very vocal about those in the past to say I, I'm a very big yeah. fan of stocks like that and what they're doing. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'll have to say, take a deeper dive into what yeah. the joint uh, potential announcement is or this joint venture looks yes. like um, and what it actually means for Kibo before I can give uh, a more yeah. detailed comment on that. All right. So, well, we'd like a comment from you on your stock pick for today. <laughs> Um, stock pick for today, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, I've, I've wanted to see a lot of markets sort of settle and uh, come out with some form of data or give us some sort of um, good sentiment and that sort of thing. And I like that we're seeing a return to um, 
the risk on, on the PGM side of it. I mean, yeah. I, I've been saying that Savanya at 28 Rand is quite attractive. It's now 32 Rand. Uh, still, the, the likes of that could potentially still run. But in terms of the, the pick that I'm going to give out today, I'm, I'm looking more towards um, the local side of it. And it's 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 quite an interesting one. It's um, having a look at the banking space that we're seeing yeah. and, and where everyone's sort of playing out at the moment. I'm liking some of the banks, but I do feel that the banks are uh, at the current valuations a little weird. So I'm looking okay. at Capitec, right? But oh, oh. Capitec at 1,600 Rand a share has run quite a bit. Mm. So I'm not looking to enter just yet, right? Okay. And I'm saying that quite uh, intentionally because we still have, there's a bit of, um, price resistance that we're seeing at these current levels. So I want to see the share price come down a bit, um, but that, that is one that I'm eyeing at this stage because I believe that there's still uh, quite a bit that the share can do, uh, just not at this current price. Uh, all right. So maybe okay. wait off a bit there, but that is what I'm watching. All right, so very, very interesting pick there. Thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today. Jimmy, that was independent analyst Jimmy Muyaha.